CS Week Connect is a series of podcasts that cover customer topics at a strategic level. Greg Knight, Executive Vice President of Centerpoint Energy, is our host. During these podcasts, Greg will share a conversation with several utility executives. This series is brought to you by CS Week, a nonprofit educational entity that provides the largest forum for utility customer service education and networking in the world. Today's topic is digital transformation as a critical business enabler. Greg, thank you for hosting this podcast series. Please introduce your panelists and today's topic. Thanks, Rod. Well, I'm probably excited more than I should be <laughs> about this conversation. Uh, number one, because the topic is about digital transformation. And I think we all know that every organization, regardless of sector, is traveling at a fast pace to this digital maturity and the ability to optimize our businesses using technology and the digital as a foundation to do that. And there's so many benefits of that. Um, so what I'm really even more excited about is I have two folks from Centerpoint Energy and my team to actually talk about how we're approaching this um, within our company. And so I'm really excited to present to you Stephanie Howard. And Stephanie Howard is our Director of Digital Transformation and Analytics within our Information Technology Organization. And then I'm also really excited to present Kenny Coleman, who is our Chief Information Officer and leads our technology um, strategy. And so with that, I'm going to go ahead and just jump into the deep end because I'll start with you, Stephanie. You know, I'd like you to introduce yourself, uh, but I'm going to go ahead and sort of give you your lead in a little bit right now. And okay. I'm going to just sort of take you back when we started this journey, probably in the 2014 timeframe, as I reflect on our first sort of foray into automation, digital transformation, and how that journey's been gone and sort of has led us to where we are right now. Sure, sure. Um, and Greg, as as you said, you know, I've, I'm working now in the IT organization here at Centerpoint, but I have a really long history in the customer space on the business side of the of the company and have really my career has really evolved um, and come along the way through a, a whole series of different um, platform and SAP projects where um, we began to really focus on, on effort that was driving uh, either customer interaction or agent time on calls and what we could do to really drive uh, a higher level of automation and and better efficiency in our customer operation and really came through um, a series of different initiatives and projects that looked at you know setting a foundation for digital and modernizing our platforms and getting all of our different business units onto one uh, SAP system. And then finally maximizing that with uh, implementation of technologies 
like our natural language IVR and a number of our web self-service solutions that really drive digital containment for our customers. Great. That's phenomenal. And thank you. And, and of course, I've got some things to come back to you, but I want to just sort of um, ask Kenny to introduce himself. And Kenny, um, as you do that, can you kind of flow into kind of how you're thinking about how we should be thinking about digital transformation at Centerpoint and kind of what's our North Star and maybe tie that to this sort of what Stephanie talked about is this sort of one platform leveraging SAP as sort of our sort of CIS or sort of operating center of excellence. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Um, Stephanie talked about the uh, divergent nature of her career. Um, I've had a chance to be here at Southern at uh, Centerpoint for about a year and a half. Um, that is after a 22-year career at Southern Company, where I've had a chance to work not only in IT as our CIO, but also really across our business units in operations, in sales and marketing in um, wholesale um, wholesale development um, and then I ran a couple of our unregulated businesses as well at Southern and so you know at, at Centerpoint as uh, some may know we've got some we, we had a strategic reset uh, a little more than a year ago that really challenged us to uh, be able to deploy capital to the benefit of our customers in a much more uh, bold uh, and uh, efficient way and then also at the same time, continue to reduce our operations and maintenance expenses one to 2% a year, which um, is, is particularly challenging on both ends. We think digital is a way forward to help us be able to deliver on those promises to our stakeholders on both ends of that spectrum. Um, leveraging uh, digital to reduce uh, manual processes to help build workforce automation, to help uh, drive uh, operational efficiencies is really where we've started. In longer term, what we're trying to build really is um, driving human-centric design to where our business units, uh, the actual users of the, uh, of the digital products, really drive the creation and the long-term de development of those products. Uh, it's really helping to drive us at Centerpoint in a uh, really tech forward mindset. It's helping to us to drive a uh, accelerate our journey to cloud. It's also helping us to modernize our delivery model where we start to orient our teams around products uh, and really helping to drive really a nimble and lean way of working across the enterprise. And so, again, we think it's going to be a critical capability that we're building within our corporation that's going to help us be able to achieve those those. Uh, lofty promises that we've made to our stakeholders. Well, Kenny, as you know, I'm really excited about it and thank you for your leadership in this space. I'm going to come back to Stephanie because Steph, um, Kenny talked about um, O&M operations and maintenance reduction and this sort of benefit realization. And you and I have been at this for a long time <laughs> together in our customer operations team. And now you're in IT, which I'm really excited about and your ability to propagate that in broader parts of our organization, but take you back to, I think the first project we did, and I think the CEO that time when I was advocating for capital to do these automation projects said, if I, if, if I give you $3 million and you give me a year one payback, and I said, I'll take it. 
right? And that really started our journey amongst an iteration. Why don't you talk about the proof points in terms of what are we getting from taking this journey and what's been some of the benefits or the payback that we've gotten as we've gone down this path? Sure. Um, these investments in technology that we've made, um, we really started a lot of this digital journey, as Greg mentioned, in the customer space. And, and as we thought about looking at our customer operation, we really wanted to take a value-based approach to where we invested in self-service, where we invested in, in uh, more advanced predictive analytics, where we were investing in really customized user journeys and experiences, and wanted that to be based on a real uh, value proposition. So we took a look at call volumes and interaction mix of, of the customer requests that were coming in and really sat down and looked at what were the drivers for those interactions and calls and identified eight core processes within Centerpoint that really drove about 75% of our call volume. So as we began to look at where we wanted to try to automate or apply these more sophisticated solutions, we really looked at that value opportunity to say, okay, these are our longest calls and our highest volume calls. This is the best opportunity for automation to really transform and deliver on a consistent business value payback for these types of capital investments in customer. And we started with that, those core eight processes and really looked at those interactions and, and really have developed and continued to mature and add additional use cases for each of those processes, whether it's move in, move out and transfer, whether it's your high bill inquiry or your, your payment arrangements and extensions type calls that, that tend to drive a lot of your, your customer interaction and a lot of very honestly, your, your repeat interaction with customers, you really wanna optimize those experiences. What we've seen and what we've been able to accomplish by really targeting those uh, high value areas within customer and really focusing on what drives effort on the part of the customer. Where can we apply predictive analytics to make interacting with an IVR painless? Um, where we can make it easy for them to accept and be contained in that channel without really wanting to pound out or zero out and, and go to an agent, go to an agent, go to an agent, I'm frustrated. Where could we take out those points and really create a user experience that customers like and enjoy? Um, over the last five years, we've been able to look at our, our digital containment and, and we were able to take what was only about 31% um, of all of our interactions, transactional interactions with customers that were occurring with an agent. And in just the period from 2017 to 20, the end of 2021, be able to take that 31% and reduce it down to, to just under 24%. 
So we're continuing to drive down that um, that need to speak with an agent while at the same time achieving our highest customer satisfaction in our IVR and web channels. So they outperform um, even the, the agent interaction channels. So we're creating really satisfying experiences with those low cost digital interactions that drive efficiencies and lower costs for the entire customer operation. Yeah, and what an amazing job that you've done because it isn't just across the web and the IDR and the agent channel, which is phenomenal to take our you know agent burden from 31 to 24 percent, but the 63 percent containment rate in our gas IDR, given how large our gas footprint is, has a tremendous payback in our financial equation, and so you know. That's been that's been really exciting um, for our customers um, and for the business, as Kenny reminds us around our operations and maintenance. And the good thing about it, Stephanie, is they're liking it and they're giving us high scores right. on the digital. Right. So that's really exciting. Um, now, Kenny, um, obviously, as you sort of have to step back and look at the landscape of our investment thesis around digital and how do we broaden it and get a payback. Um, Talk to me about, you know, technology is, um, it is what it is. And I recall when we did one of our big projects and Stephanie will recall this, I think Stephanie, I talked about this at one of the SAP conferences on utilities and it goes like this, a fool with the tool is still a fool. Mm -hmm. And that means that, you know, technology alone doesn't solve our problems, it's how we use it. And so Kenny, how are you thinking about as we broaden this deeper, to meet our broader corporate thesis in terms of affordability, what do you see as the necessary components of the culture shift we're going to have to make? Yeah, great, great question, Greg. So, so one of the things that we've been very deliberate on this digital business transformation journey that we've been on is to make sure we've got great engagement across the business units to to start this this broader journey uh, that we launched here a little uh, almost a year ago. I mean, we surveyed uh, uh, almost 200 uh, of our leaders and um, heavy IT users across IT and, and really got them engaged early in what areas should we focus on? And they're the ones that, that said workforce automation and operational efficiency is where we should focus on. That's where we think we've got real value. And so I think culture shift number one is to help make sure you're really engaging across the enterprise as you think about as, as others would think about their journey in digital. I think number two is really this co-creation mindset. And so we got we got our, our, our broader enterprise engaged early. What we've done since is continue to keep those groups engaged to help test features, to help um, identify where we should head with the various products that, that we're looking to launch here uh, across CenterPoint. And so, so building that co-creation model is something that we're looking at longer term. How do we sustain beyond just the products, but to really in, um, ingrain this human-centric design capabilities where our business units are leading um, the, the journey in technology in and around how we do it. I think the third big culture shift, Greg, is 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 um, really around what we're seeing here is is helping us be able to de 
define what the IT environment of the future looks like. And what we think is that it is it is really for us at CenterPoint a lot less about operating the technology and more about leveraging it. So it's really helping to define what our cloud journey looks like, what tool sets we would uh, utilize, what providers we would utilize, what capabilities we need, um, and then what um, other functions today that we might offload to be able to lean our organization much more towards helping our business units leverage that technology. So it's driving our operating model, it's driving um, our, our um, how we go about uh, identifying technology needs, and then it really is the driving engagement across the business. Yeah, you know, Kenny, you hit on, you know, a couple of really good points. One is this business sponsor leadership, right? That, you know, I, I think we've been talking about it to say, you know, business sponsor led and then IT supported. And that, you know, many oftentimes, you know, the business sponsor is looking for IT to really provide the leadership when we really should be supporting the the support and they're articulating their their north star and the other thing that you really talked about was the infrastructure to support the strategy and i think this is where stephanie and you know um, system architects and a strong data analytics strategies all sort of coming together to sort of help build a strong capability as we broaden this out um, we're kind of coming down to sort of the close of our time and so what I'd like to maybe do is, is toss one to you, Steph, and then one, one back to Kenny. Um, maybe if you could talk to us about sort of this journey. You recall when we deployed, you know, we went big on our customer vision platform in 2015. I think one of the most fundamental things looking back in my recollection was this big leap we took to put the customer relationship management capability on S4HANA, which then provided us the capabilities to, to, to enable the next best action and the next best offer using predictive analytics engine. So how, how, how do you think about, as you sort of have this industry, industry conversation, how important is the prediction to get to some of the performance levels that you've seen? Uh, thanks, Greg. I I would say that 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 predictive capability, particularly upfront in a, in any type of user interaction, whether that's a customer, whether that's an employee interacting with the system, that initial predictive capability that helps the user helps the the user interact with the system in such a way that the navigation to where they want to go or what they're trying to do is much shorter because you're looking at their patterns, um, what they've done in the past or how they entered a particular process or how they authenticated to take information about them and understand where they might be wanting to go and help smooth the way to get there. Um, that lowers the effort of the overall interaction. It really drives adoption and containment and keeps people in those channels when it's very easy for them to answer very quickly yes or no questions because you've predicted that they're calling about a power outage or you've predicted 
that this particular employee is it's the end of the day it's this time of day it's this user and historically this is when they would go in and enter data say for a timesheet or things like that so you take that ability to take what you know about the user to predict and anticipate where they're going to want to go next um, will really help uh, smooth your overall user experience and drive you toward um, real efficiencies in making sure that that users are embracing the technologies that you've deployed and that they are that they're satisfied that they're happy and that they're really craving more and more um, from this digital space. Greg, if I can add, I mean, Stephanie's exactly right with user adoption. We're seeing that um, uh, um, move much more quickly than we than 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 we would without digital. But we're also seeing much faster returns and paybacks on some of the products that we're launching. I mean, we've got re return on investments upwards of 600 uh, percent on several of our new products and, and paybacks in 19 months, less than 19 months. And so, you know, it is a speed to value kind of question, and we're seeing it firsthand uh, with some of the new products that we've launched with our with our business units. Yeah, yeah I, I would. Go ahead, Steph. I, I, yeah, I, I just to kind of wrap that up, I would agree. I think the other opportunity to apply this this predictive capability is in anticipating also being able to anticipate workload. Um, to be able to anticipate, you know, uh, asset life cycles and, and uh, you know, when and where to invest from a field and an operations perspective um, around areas of, of the system or the network. Um, a lot of those capabilities will, will continue to drive significant payback because the focus of the work is now targeted on the highest areas of opportunity by looking at that predictive capability. You know, you guys have me even more excited than I was already. <laughs> <laughs> Just hearing you remind me of, you know, what good work has been done and what good work lies ahead. Um, you know, I'm going to turn it back over to Rod, but, you know, I think it's important to for us to share that the three of us will be at CS Week also having this conversation um, and be able to go a little bit broader and a little bit deeper, you know, on the topic. So really excited to have that uh, conversation. And so I want to thank you both um, um, for your uh, thoughts and your comments and just your um, your willingness to take the time to do this industry sharing. Well, Greg, thanks. Thanks so much for having us. Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, thanks very much. To hear more about this topic, please join us at CS Week's Executive Summit, May 2nd and 3rd in Phoenix, Arizona. Greg and his guests will be discussing this topic in further detail on the first day. To register, please reach out to CS Week using our website, www.csweek.org. Greg, Stephanie, and Kenny, thank you for your great insights on this topic. We look forward to further conversation on this topic in Phoenix.